0: Praise the living God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. As I said during the opening, uh, who wants to hear from God? And I'm sure every, every single believer wants to hear from God. And so today I'm going to give you four steps uh, concerning hearing from, hearing from God. Step number one is that you have to want to hear from God. First of all, you've got to really want to hear from God. You're not going to hear from God unless you really, really, really desire to hear from him and to feel and hear his presence. Now, and I'm not saying that this is an option. This is something that we as children of God need to want to do. We need to be able to hear from God. It's a necessity. God will not tell you about his plans for your life if he knows you want to debate what He, what you hear. He will not tell you the plans for his life if he knows that you'll want to debate whatever it is he's going to be telling you to do. God does not tell you um, what he put you on earth to do just so that you can say, Okay, God, let me think about it. You know, many times we say, Okay, Lord, what's my real purpose? During the times of anxiety and stress in our lives, you may be on your knees praying and saying, God, why am I here? Why am I here? You know, but if you're going to, when he tells you, if you're going to debate it, then he's not even going to, going to be, be, be letting you know. Uh, It's got to be a necessity to you in your heart. You have to be saying in your heart, I've got to know why I'm here. I've got to know what you want me to do with my life. I've got to hear your voice. I've got to have your vision. You see, when you get to the point in your life that this is as important to you and as critical to you as going to work or anything else that you have to do, this is when you start paving the way because you're, you're setting your heart right to really, really want to hear from God. I've got to have your vision. Let's go to Psalms 40. Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40. We're going to look here what King David wrote in the book, in the book of Psalms here. To get some insights and to look how he was feeling how he was feeling about the uh, the situation you see and and Many times we've all had, had a situation in our lives where there was something really critical going on and we felt, felt so frustrated, we just didn't know who to turn to and maybe you cried out to God, Lord, help me out of this situation, you see. But that's got to be more than just a momentary thing when, 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 you, when you're at your, your worst, when you're in your worst position. You've got to have this desire deep in your heart. God, I want to know you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. So Psalm 40, starting with verse number 1, says... I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. You see? Now, when you're in, the, in that horrible pit in miry clay, you know, miry clay is where your feet are so stuck in this mud that you can't seem to walk, you can't go forward. We've all had situations in our lives where things, things just seemed so desperate, it felt like we were bogged down in clay, we just couldn't move forward. Okay? And, but he says here that he, he established my goings. Verse number 3 says, And he has put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God Many shall see it and fear And shall trust in the Lord Blessed is that man that makes the Lord his trust Blessed is that man that makes the Lord his trust And respects not the proud Nor such as turn aside to lies I'm going to pause just for a moment We're in in Psalm 40 Psalm 40 we're at verse number 5 Many O Lord my God are, Are thy wonderful works which thou hast done And thy thoughts which are are to usward they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they, they are more than can be numbered. Alright, think about the things that God has done for you. Remember the blessings. We've all been blessed by God in some shape or form. We need to remember those things and think about how God has blessed us uh, in times past. All of us have been in a case where, a situation where something was going on that was really over our heads we felt. God stepped in and he blessed you and then you moved on. You need to remember, remember those things. Verse number six. Sacrifice And offering thou did not desire Mine ears uh, hast thou opened Burnt offering and sin offering Hast thou not required Then said I Lo I come in the, in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Please highlight all of verse number, number 8. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, the law is within my heart. Now, going back to what I said in the beginning, that God is not going to speak to you openly about your life. Maybe you really want to know what your life is all about what's intended for your life, what you, what God wants you to do. But if God knows that when He tells you, you're going to debate it and question Him, then He's not going to reveal things to you. Alright? So you have to be at the point where you're willing to say, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. You see? So you have to be to the point that if you really, 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 really want to hear from God, you have to be willing to say, Okay, Lord, whatever you say to me, I'm willing to do it. You know? I'm willing to do it. You know? There was a song back in the 70s, I think, it was, was called Please Don't Send Me to Africa and it was about this guy that was singing and crying out to God and he, you know, I wanted to do this I wanted to do that and then, and then the chorus was Oh Lord, but please don't send me to Africa da, da 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 in other words so I'll do whatever you want me to do but don't send me to Africa on some dark mission field you know, and everything like that alright, anything else you want me to do I'll do but please don't send me to Africa and every time I read the scripture I think about that because we say that we want to hear from God we say that Lord, tell me what's in my life what do you want my life to be like what's, where do you want me to go, but don't, just don't tell me to do this, you see? So you have to get to the point like David is saying here, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Verse 9, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. I haven't held back my lips. O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Okay? Now, how many of us are closet Christians? You know? How many of us are really content to come to church and praise God and raise your hands and be open about singing and enjoying things like that but then when you get out into the world and, and things about God comes up or if your, your, your Christianity is, I won't say challenged but if anyone asks are you a Christian you know I mean how committed are you to really, really talking about your relationship with God? You know? Or are you a closet Christian? You know? Are you happy? Are you happy and really forthcoming and talking about the Lord to anybody no matter who they might be? You see? if you've got that hesitancy like you 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 know and you know, I, I knew of someone that, that, that you know, oh, well, well, don't talk to that person about God, you know, or, or don't mention God. And yes, so well, they claim that they're a Christian, but they don't want to be seen as being, some people think that proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is making you some wild, crazy, radical, Bible-toting nut, and you are afraid to be associated with that group. So you kind of hold back on who you believe you are in Christ Jesus, you know. If you really, 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 really want to hear from God. And I'm telling you, today it is critical, more than ever, that we move from this, um, this mediocre step of just attending church Okay, of just going to church and giving and tithing, doing your offerings, you know, and singing and praising. That deep down inside you want to go to the next level spiritually. Alright, church church doesn't end, end, you know, at one o'clock when this service is over. It doesn't end there. You know, God, Jesus, the, the body of Christ, the church continues into your everyday life. So if you're really, really saying, Lord, I want to hear from you and what it's all about, you've got to make a commitment, saints of God. I'm saying to you, you've got to make a commitment in here. Deep within your spirit that I am who God has made me to be. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and if I am asked I will shout it from the rooftops I don't care who the person is I don't care whether they're my boss whether they're my favorite aunt whether it's someone that I really want to to keep friends with you know whatever it might be you've got to be willing to talk about God boldly and openly you can't hide your Christianity you can't hide your your love for the Lord 10 again verse 10 I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation please highlight all of this I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation verse 11 withhold not thy tender mercies from me O Lord let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me for innumerable innumerable evils have compassed me about we all have a lot of evils that compassing all about my iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up they are more than the hairs of my head therefore my heart faileth me now here he's crying out to God because of all the things these evils and these challenges going on around him verse 13 be pleased O Lord to deliver me O Lord make haste To help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish the evil. Let them be desolate for reward of their shame that they say unto me, Aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying my, O oh my God. Alright? You see, so he's saying a whole lot of things in verse 13. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Oh, Lord, make haste to help me. All right? Now, if you're crying out these things to God and, you, and, you're, you, and you, you have these innumerable evils all around you, you know, thank God we are not hit by innumerable evils all at, all at once. Amen? You know, one a day or one a week, a month is certainly enough for me. Okay? But you better believe that every single chance you're surrounded by all sorts of obstacles that the devil would love to throw at you, uh, at, at you. Okay? If you believe that God is the Spirit and God is indeed who he is, and you believe that God's word is written in this book that we're reading from, and God talks about the angels that are around you, and God and Jesus spoke about demonic forces and demonic beings that are around you. Amen? Familiar spirits. Okay, and I'm I'm going to really kind of go down the road here a little bit, but um, uh, and I'm saying this, I'm being led to say this, but and some people here may get bent, but if you believe that God is God is the Spirit and he exists. And you believe that Jesus exists and everything you said was true and you believe that there are angelic beings that are spirits Jesus also talk, talked about demonic spirits then spirits. you have to believe that they exist. So many pastors refuse to talk about or preach it from the pulpit or oh, you can't talk about the devil and the demonic spirits you're glorifying them. No I'm not at all the Bible Jesus talked about them and what you need to understand is that the same as there are angelic beings assigned to you to keep you safe from harm seen and unseen so are, there, so are also demonic forces that are, are assigned to you by by the devil himself in many cases That would also love to come in to wreck your life And to stop um, God's fullness From manifesting in your life You know, people get carried in, The Bible talks about familial spirits Now a familial spirit And this is, this is, how, this is how Those uh, people on TV That you see that are out there That all of a sudden th- those spiritual people You know, you know those occult folks who Are dabbling in the occult You'll go there and they'll say Oh gee, and to the audience Yeah, lady in the third seat over there Your Uncle Johnny is here. And he's saying, you remember that little dog that you had, Piper? Remember that day he was chasing you on the tricycle and you fell on the tricycle and you chipped your tooth? And the is sitting back there like this, oh gee, wow, that really happened, that really happened. Then all of a sudden, that individual who's up there talking all of this stuff, the person in the audience started saying, wow, they are really great, they are really great. I'm going to start donating to them, I'm going to send her money, I'm going to send her money. And then they start, start going to her for private consultation. The woman is telling her more things and more things about her life that actually happened. Now, how does that person know that? The person that is. Traveling in the occult the same way that we, that we Christians, pray to the Lord and therefore have, have insights from God and insights from Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit telling us things. These demonic forces, the Bible refers to them as familial spirits, are also around every single one of us. Familial spirit means that they are familiar with your life. So that woman that was being spoken about when she was three years old or whatever fell, when she fell, there was a demonic spirit that was there that witnessed that happening. So that demonic spirit is talking to and telling that person, dabbling in the occult, what happened way back when she was three years old because that spirit was there. It's a familial spirit, all right? If someone in your family passes on, they're a child of God. Even if they're not a child of God, someone passes on. All right? The Bible talks about there is no going from the spirit realm back into the living realm. So somebody, oh, I saw my grandmother. She died, and I was so happy to see her. She told me this is what I need to do. That was not her grandmother. This is what the Bible refers to as a familial spirit. Okay? All right? And so you've got to have these insights from God and know what the Word of God is saying before you get sucked in. Before you get sucked in. Okay? Now, how does that tie into everything that I'm saying here today? It means that we need to be able to talk to God And to hear from God So that he can advise us Because there's all sorts of ways out there The enemy is around us Trying to attack us In innumerable numbers of ways He would love to see you fall He would love to see you fail Okay And that does not rule out the fact Of someone coming to you Prophesying something about you Oh yeah I remember when you was in the 8th grade And so and so and so God told me to tell you That da 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 You yeah, know, you got to be you got to be careful about that You need to go back And talk to God And say God Was that you? Alright More importantly, the Holy Spirit in you, if you're listening, the Holy Spirit should be giving you a a signal inside. This is not of me. This is not of me. Amen. So it's very, very important here that um, that we know who the Lord is and are able to hear his voice. David was passionate in his declaration that he wanted most of all to honor God. Being obedient and following God were not options for him, and they can't be for you. You can't say that I choose to follow God on this day. The next day I'm not going to follow God. Okay? It was the only thing David wanted to do. He used words for seeking God like, I long for it. I crave it. I hunger for it. I'm like a deer panting for water. These are some of the words that you'll find in scripture. When you get to be that determined, you're going to hear from God. Okay? When you get to be that determined, you're going to hear from God. You know? We can be determined in so many other things that we want in life. You know, especially if they're material things. We can be so determined. We can do research on the internet and look all over the place and talk to other people. When there's something physical and material that we want in life, going after a job or a position, we can be so so determined. But when it comes down to talking to God and hearing from God, uh, uh, we don't think that that's important. You know, we don't think that's important at all that we hear from the creator of the universe. Amen? So when you get to the point of like David, of really, really desiring to hear from God, you will indeed start hearing from God. Alright? A lot of people talk to God. A lot of people talk to God. But they never hear from God. Okay? I'll repeat that. A lot of people talk to God, but they never really hear from God. For them, prayer is simply a monologue. And you've heard me saying this before. It's a one-way thing, you know, where they do all of the talking. You cannot develop a relationship or have a relationship if it's wrapped up in a monologue from you. Okay? How many men can talk to their wives or wives to their husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends to their boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, in a monologue? It has to be a two-way conversation. You know, and the same thing stands for God. Okay, that is not a relationship. You know, can you picture your spouse or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or whatever, and you're the one that's doing all the talking, and they never they never say anything back to you. You know, or vice versa, they're always doing all the talking to you, and you never get a chance to say anything back. Well, that's not a relationship. Amen. You've got to have a two-way conversation with God. Just as important as talking to God in prayer is listening to God in prayer and Letting him talk to you, Amen. How does that happen? Well, first you've got to want it more than anything else. That's step number one. You've got to want it more than anything else. Go to Deuteronomy, Book of Deuteronomy. Praise the living God. Deuteronomy four. Okay. Any of us, all of us, who have ever wanted anything in life really, really bad. Think about what you did to achieve it. Amen. How determined you were. And when you did receive it, how satisfied you were that you got it. Amen. And you think about the energies that went into it. Verse 29. Deuteronomy 4 verse 29. But if from thence. Thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Please highlight all of verse 29. But if from thence thou shalt seek the the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. When thou art in tribulation... And all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. Okay? So verse 29, especially that if you seek the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen? So with all your, you know, that all of your, your soul is your mind, your heart is referred to as your spirit. So you've got to seek God with all of your heart and your mind and your spirit, okay? I mean, this is seeking him on an intellectual level where you're conscious of praying with him, and deep in your spirit, you've got to want him, okay, okay? You know, all of us here can remember falling in love for the first time, and when you were seeking that person with all your heart and with all your soul, I mean, all you did was think about him, dream about him, and all that sort of thing, well, this is where we need to get to with God. You know, where you really desire to know Him and to hear from Him with all your heart and with all your mind and, and all your soul. Amen. The next thing is, the next step, that was step number one, is really, 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 really wanting Him. The next step here is make time to be quiet. Making time to be quiet. That's step number two. God is not going to speak to you if there's a bunch of noise going on in your life. He won't talk to you there's a lot of noise going on in your life. You've got to get alone and you've got to get quiet. We call this quiet time. You've got to be able to find some quiet time. Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Matthew 6 verse number number 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father uh, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them For your Father knows what things you have need of Before you ask Him Alright So the key words there are That when you pray You shall Don't do as hypocrites do where They just stand and making all this noise And stuff like that for no reason Okay But to go in, into, into your closet Verse number 6 When you pray Enter into thy closet When you shut the door Pray to the Father which is in secret Your Father uh, which seeth in secret Shall uh, reward thee openly Jesus in many cases there You saw that Jesus said he went alone to the mountainside, you know, or he went out in the boat to pray. All right. Many times he had to get away. He needed to have that quiet time. Amen. We live in a busy world. We live in a busy world. Amen. Live in a busy world. Jesus said to find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Okay, now role playing is what the Pharisees and the, the, the hypocrites were doing. They were role playing. They would stand up there on the corner, they'd walk about shouting out loud, oh God, da-da-da-da-da, oh, I'm da trying to look so holy and so, you know, pious and everything, and so, the, so that's role playing, you know. When you jump, jump down on your knees and you're sitting there and you're on your knees or whatever and you're just shouting all these things to God and whatnot, that's not talking to God. You know, that's not talking to God. That, 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 that's 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 role-playing, you know. <laughs> role-playing, you know, is going back to the dating thing. You know, how many times did we guys, when you're first dating that lady, and you're, you're going out to dinner and everything, and you go to get in the car, you rush over, open the, the door for her, and you let her in. You get to the restaurant, you rush, and you open the door for her and everything. and Then you get married, and ten years later and whatnot, you open the door, you go in first, and bang, it slams, hits her in the face. You know, the car door, you run around to the driver's side, you get in, she's standing there The door's locked The door's locked Okay In a way that's kind of role playing Amen Amen <laughs> All the ladies looking at the men in here huh? Okay <laughs> Alright you see So that's kind of role playing When it comes down to God We can't be role playing like that Amen We cannot be role playing You need to, to get quiet before Him Just be there Just be there as simply and honestly As you can manage When you go to speak to God The focus will shift from you to God And you will begin to sense His grace You see if you can get out of that thing where this is about me, but this is, first of all, Lord, I really, really want to talk to you. And you're walking in there honestly to tell him what's on your mind, and, and you need to consult with him, so to speak. Amen. You'll see that all of a sudden it shifts from you to God. The key to hearing God speak and getting his vision for your life is this, underlining this, understanding this. God wants to meet with you. God wants to meet with you. It's as simple as that. He sits back and he's longing for you to come and to spend some time with him. You need to realize you're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Okay? you got to remember that. Make a note of that. You know, okay? You, you need to remember that, that uh, you're not waiting on God. He's waiting for you. So, so many things, you know, where you, you think, well, you know, I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm waiting on you for this to happen, this to happen, you know. God is waiting on you. Maybe God wants you to come to him and say, okay, Lord... What's happening here? This is what I'm praying for, Lord. Guide my steps, guide my actions. Maybe he's waiting on you to come and talk to him about it. So he can tell you and you can hear from him exactly what's going on. Okay? Okay? He's waiting on you. God made you to have a relationship with him. Stop and think about this. God made you to have a relationship with him. Stop and think about how deep that is. God created Adam and Eve. To have a relationship with Him. Alright? We are God's, God's crowning creation. He created us to be in a relationship with Him. Okay? What does it say in Scripture there? And if you do so and so and so and so, uh, 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 you shall be, um, I shall be your God and you shall be my people. Amen? God wants a relationship with you. He wants you to spend time with Him on a daily basis. He wants you to schedule a date with Him every day. God is waiting, you know. We guys have this nice thing of saying, oh yeah, every other Friday in the month, you know, that's our date night. Where I take my wife or girlfriend, fiance out. This is the time that we set aside to be romantic, supposedly. Date night. Well, set some time to be with God. Set some time. Okay, God is waiting. You want to know what your whole life is all about and Lord, why am I here and, and, and how do I make these decisions for the next five years, ten years or for next week or how is it? You know, well, God is simply waiting for you to come and talk to him. That's all. Okay? Alright? Okay? Getting alone in a quiet place is pretty difficult today. In today's age, it's hard to get into a quiet place. Do you realize how much noise there actually is in your life? Stop and think about it. Do you realize how much noise is really going on in your life? You've always got the radio on in the car or tape. You've got earbuds on in many cases or something run by Bluetooth in your ear. Every waiting room, every mall, every doctor's office has music playing. Okay? it changes with the season. Jingle bells, carols, and whatever's going on, you know, because they knocked out the Christian carols and everything. All right? But there's always we live in a world that's full, so filled with noise. There's always chatter, 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 chatter. The TV is going 24-7 virtually. Amen, amen. We, we, we live in a world of noise, you know. You know, there's very little time in your life that's absolutely quiet. Very little time. Think about it. How much time in your life is there absolutely quiet? And this is particularly challenging if you've got kids. If you've got children, it's even more difficult. How do you find time alone when you have children? Well, you need to establish a time when you want to pray. Establish a time and tell the kids this is what you're going to do. Now, obviously, the younger they are, the more difficult that this this is. But establishing a sign, such as opening your Bible and sitting down and saying to them that you're going to read and you're going to pray. And this is what I'm doing for a moment. Okay? All of the children here are in church. So they certainly are familiar with the concept of prayer. All right? So you need to establish some time. All right? If If this becomes an established ritual in your household, in time, they'll learn to respect it and will leave you alone. Okay, There was a guy named um, Wesley, who was the founder of the Wesleyan Church and everything like that. But an interesting story about his mother, I believe it was. And what she she used to do was every time she wanted to pray and read the Bible, (laughs) she went and sat on the porch, the outside porch, and she had an apron. She'd put the apron over her head like that and pray. (laughs) And the kids knew when they saw mom with the apron like that, don't touch, don't go near, don't go near. True story. An interesting life. And that's how she prayed, you know. And I found that so interesting, and I don't know whether she knew it or not. But when the scripture that talks about going to your prayer closet, I'm going to go off a little bit here, but a few years back I preached a message, a sermon on it. But, um... The, the, the Israelites, the ancient Jews, the prayer shawls that they wore, wore okay, it's called a talitha. And the shawls are very, uh, are, are, are very carefully made. The fringes hanging on them, so many turns and knots, representing various things in the Torah and so on. And when they prayed, Jesus said, well, when they prayed, and they still do it today, if you look at some of the pictures of, ancient, of uh, Israel today when they're praying, they take that shawl and they put it over their heads like this. And the, then the shawl, when it folds over, it blocks out all of the vid- that's around them they're in their prayer closet you look at the original translations that's referring to the Talithas to the that they wore alright and they put it over their heads and that's how they blocked out the outside world so they could pray going into your, your closet okay so Wesley's mom whether or not she was tying into that or whatever but she knew that putting that that apron over her head gave her that time to block out the outside world any distractions it was a sign to the kids to don't bother me during this time so somehow whether you want to put an apron or your coat over your head when the kids are in the house. I don't know if I'd recommend doing that. But you've got to try to find some way to spend some time with the Lord. Some quiet time. Alright? Alright? And the younger the children are, the more challenging it can be. You can find time alone if you are that determined. Make time to be quiet and meet with the Lord. If it's impossible for you to do this while the children are awake, then you wait until they're in bed. Or before they get up. But you've got to get to the point we all need quiet time with God. But we can shut out the outside things. You know, minimally this is why we close our eyes when we pray. You know? You know, and, and there are many times and as a pastor, minister over the many, many years, being at the pulpit, you can see a lot. Now, I'm not putting passing judgment on anyone here, but so many times I see the eyes open and people's eyes are wandering. You know, the eyes are wandering. And here we are in praise and worship. This is the time for you to be praying praying to God and you're looking at the pretty colors in the room and you're thinking about this. This is the time where you need to find that quiet time. And even within the sanctuary, in the ministry, here, when we're praying, you need to be able to find that quiet time where you can lock out everything. And that's why so many times you hear to say, don't worry about the person behind you, in front of you, to the left and right of you. This is time for you to zone in, be in your zone and connect with God. All right? But getting back to you praying alone like that, you need to find your quiet time. That's number two. Step number three is open your eyes to God's vision. Okay? You need to open your eyes to God's vision. Alright? Open your eyes to God's vision. The Bible is filled with hundreds of examples of people getting, getting God's visions like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Hosea, Jonah, and Micah. Seeing God's vision for your life is not a crazy thing. Don't think it's a nutty thing to be asking or or, or thinking about. It's not a crazy thing. God often uses uh, a mental picture to clarify the next step he wants you to take. right, You use a mental picture. You know, and and I don't have to explain this to to some of of us because some of us are visual thinkers. You have many people that are visual thinkers. You know, you, then you have other people that, 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 that are um, they're not visual. They look for textual um, uh, input, if you will. Textual in, in, uh, uh, stimuli. When you read a story in the Bible, many of you can see that story in vivid technicolor. You know, when I read the, the marching around Jericho, I can visualize what that must have looked like. You can see it in your mind's eye. When you're reading a good book... Even if it is in the Bible, you can visualize what's going on. You can visualize what's happening. You know, you're picturing the story in your mind at the whole time. But for, but for some of us, it's a little harder. Some are not visual thinkers. They tend to think in words and not in pictures. So how do you get God's vision if you're not a visual thinker? All right, How do you get the vision of God for your life uh, if you're not a visual thinker? Well, first, you've got to ask God a specific question. You've got to ask God a very specific question. In your quiet time, after you've read the Bible and prayed, maybe you're just being quiet and waiting before God. You could ask God, is there anything you want to say to me? As simple as that, you see. You've got to get to the point where you really, 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 really feel and understand that God is there with you. you see, it, the hardest thing, I think, for many Christians is that because you can't visibly see God, you don't believe that He's right there, but I'm telling you from my own personal experience, if you just say to God, Lord, what is it that you want to say to me? Okay, what is it that I need to do? Alright? And then you wait. Simply ask God, God, what is it? What does you want to say? And then you wait. Okay? When you're talking to someone else, to another human being, you're saying what you're saying, and then you stop and you wait for a response. At least I hope you do. If it's a two-way conversation... You say blah, 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 and you stop and you pause, and the other person responds. But you've got to be the same thing with God. You're talking to God, okay, God, da, 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 this is what's going on, this is going on. You know, what is it that you want to say to me? Okay, and, and then, then you wait. You say, God, is there anything I need to know that I'm not thinking about? You see? That's the other thing that you have to stop and remember, that God knows things that you don't know. All right? So while you think you may have covered all the bases, you know, how many times have you gone on a trip? You know, you're going on a vacation, you know, and you may have a little checklist written down or something. And you write those things down because you don't want to forget anything. And so you put it all down, you know, and then you may say to your wife, your girlfriend or whatever, your, your boyfriend, you know, okay, is there anything else? Do we forget anything? Well, God knows everything about your life. God knows. Okay? So then you ask him, God, is there anything else that I need to think about? Okay? And then again, you wait. But then again, you wait. Alright? So it's getting to the point where now you're having a conversation with God. God, what should I do? Am I missing anything? What direction should I take? And then you wait for and you literally, You literally just sit there in your prayer closet in your quiet time. You literally just sit there and wait. And you don't say a word. Okay? Alright? The room may be quiet, but you just sit there and you wait. Okay, And then second, you look into, you look into God, uh, then you're asking that, well, before I get to that, let me go to James, James 1, let me illustrate something to you here. And then you wait, James 1. Then you wait, ask God, what should I do? And then you wait, James 1. Verse 2 My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or various temptations Underline the word joy My brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience But let patience have her perfect work That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Alright? So first of all there, you should count it joy when you fall into various temptations or various tribulations. Okay? Just don't start saying, oh boy, here this goes, happened to me, happening to me again. Because falling into those things, if you're keeping the joy, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, it works patience. You see? You know? When your faith is tried, it really works your patience because you look back and you think about how God came through for you in some other past experience. Okay? It's so the past time. You know? And you don't go counting the hours or the minutes or the days or the weeks. You simply know that God heard your prayer and that he's going to come through for you. He's going to help you. Okay? It works patience. Verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and uh, and and entire, wanting nothing. If you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Underline that Let him ask God If you lack wisdom Let him ask God That giveth to all men liberally And upbraids not And it shall be given to him But let him ask in faith Nothing wavering For he that wavers Is like a wave of the sea Driven with the wind and tossed Alright So if you lack wisdom If you want to know something Ask God Okay God that does what He gives to all men liberally And okay And it shall be given to him So again Here you are in, In this prayer time You're asking God And then you wait. Then you wait, you know. And many times it could be wisdom that you're asking for. It could be directions on something that you're doing or praying about or wanting to happen in your life. So you ask him and then you wait. And then it says there in verse number six, but then when you're doing this asking God for whatever it might be, okay, you have to ask in faith with nothing wavering. Okay, you can't be wishy-washy. You can't be saying, well, maybe God's going to answer me. Maybe God's going to come through, all right? For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now, we've all been to the coast, and you've seen what the waves at the coast look like on a windy day. I mean, the waves just knock those waves back and forth, and anything, reeds that are in the... I mean, it just gets gets buffeted back and forth. And then it says, then it goes on to say in 7, okay, and why should we not be, be wavering? Okay, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay, double-minded means that one day, one day uh, um, you're rejoicing and you're having faith in God, and the next day you're not having faith and you're worrying. Okay? One day you're all pumped up and you're all pumped up and you've prayed about something and God and you believe God said to do this. But yet, so the next day you're all down and out and you're making a different decision. That's wavering. That's going, that's going back and forth. That's a double minded person. Okay? And it says a double minded person is unstable in all his ways. Alright? So you gotta, when you're asking God and you're hearing from God, you've got to be firm in knowing that you heard for God. from God in faith. And then faithfully following God's words. Don't let the um, circumstances of an hour later or the next day all of a sudden cause you to lose faith. Okay? You know what you heard God told you to do during that quiet time. So you stay the course. You stay there in faith. Okay? In, in faith. All right? Uh, God wants you to ask him for advice. He wants you to be specific. You know, he's waiting for you to ask. Second, look into God's word to see what God might want you to do. Look into God's Word. You know, many times when I've said, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And, you know, is there a scripture, something that you want me to read? And invariably, it will turn all of a sudden, I'll go to the Bible and I'll find a scripture. And the scripture will back up exactly what I felt and heard him saying to me. Amen? So knowing the Word of God and where to find the Word of God is very, very important. That's why it's so important for you to have access to a Bible. I don't care whether it's an electronic Bible, a paper Bible, or something, but you need to have access to the Word of God. Amen? Amen? And don't be double-minded about it. Look into God's Word to see what He might want to say to you. Alright? You go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I suspect that... Um, I suspect that there are some things... That God might want to say to some of you that are here today. And um, I would suggest that you, when you get home, practice trying to find some quiet time with God. And see what it is that he would have to say to you. Um, I find that it's not, it's not for no reason when a message like this is challenged in terms of it being presented there's, there's no good reason why there's good reason why many times it's, 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 there, are, there are attempts made to stymie the message from being delivered so um, some of you all of you, all of us Uh, Maybe the Lord wants to say some things to us So I would just suggest that later on today or tonight That you spend some quiet time with God Um, Psalm 119 verse 18 Or perhaps someone that's hearing this podcast On the internet um, Needs to spend some quiet time with God "Open, Open thou mine eyes Verse 18 Open thou mine eyes That I may behold wondrous things out of thy law Okay Open thou mine eyes Okay So that I may see the wonderful truths in your word This is a good verse to pray as you open up God's words, to ask Him to open your eyes, okay? Many times when we sit down to read the Word of God, you know, that that we just glance over things and we don't realize what God is saying to us through His Word. So it's a good thing to get in the habit of doing before you start reading the Bible, just as you have it open in front of you, that you say, Lord... Open your, eye, open my eyes, okay, that I can see and understand your words. Every answer to every problem that you have is in this Bible, okay? Every, 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 every answer that you need is in that, is in that Bible, every problem. But if you've got to read it, but you've got to read it, you've got to study it, you've got to memorize it, and meditate on it as you seek God's vision for your life, or even just for the day for that matter. Amen? Amen. You've got to get to the point that you're reading it and that you're understanding. So, you know, I don't know of anyone that has memorized the entire Bible from, <laughs> from Genesis to Revelation, but there are certainly many scriptures that are very easily memorized, and, and, and you've kind of memorized them without you trying to memorize them because you've read them so often that they're in your spirit. And when a difficult time in your life comes up, you'd be surprised how quickly and easily those scriptures will rise right back up to you. Amen? Because you've been reading it and you've been meditating on it. Amen? Amen? Okay, so finding that, that quiet time and so forth. The last one, point number four here, is to hear from God is you got to write it down. Okay? Point number four is write it down. Write it down. So, so far, we've discussed, one, if you want to hear God speak, you must really desire it. Point number two was, if you want to hear God speak, you need to withdraw to a quiet place. Wait patiently and expect, expectantly expect, expectantly gosh, uh, to hear from him. Number three was to ask God to give you a vision, a picture of what he wants to say to you. And the fourth is to write down God's responses to your questions. Amen. And if we go to Habakkuk. go to Habakkuk Habakkuk 2 we we'll read these familiar scriptures here Habakkuk 2 chapter 2 starting with verse number 1 I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me And what I shall answer when I am reproved. Okay? So this right here means he's saying I'm going to stand guard. I'm going to stand guard. I'm going to watch and I'm going to wait what God will say to me. And then it says in chapter, uh, verse number 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Underline write the vision if you don't already have it underlined. And said, write the vision. And make it plain upon tables. That he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. That at the end it shall speak, and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Okay, so in verse number three there, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. This is God's time. Okay, this is God's time. Okay, but the scripture clearly says there, To write down on tables or on tablets what he will reveal, So that it can be read at a glance. Okay? So that it can be read at a glance. And it says that the vision will not tarry, but it will be in God's time. So, so many things that we're praying for and that we're hoping for, and you're, you're talking to God about it, it will materialize, but it will be within God's time. And it's going to be in line with God's will. Amen? Amen? But he's saying in the meantime to write it down on table so that it can be read at a glance. In chapter 1, if you go back and read it, Habakkuk was asking God a question. Okay? And he goes through and he's talking about, actually he's talking about the evil and things that's going on in the world and so forth. But then he says uh, that he's going to answer him, And then you see there in in, uh, chapter 2, he says to write it down. In the book of Psalms, we see David's quiet time. David meditated on the first five books of the Bible, which was the Torah. And then he wrote down his thoughts in the form of the Psalms. In many of the Psalms, he starts out with what he's feeling, and then he ends up with what God says. And he wound up penning it, writing it down. Okay? The Psalms, as a matter of fact, were originally they were put to music and they were oftentimes sung. If your prayer life is stuck in a rut, and you tend to pray the same things over and over again, all right, You're in a rut and you pray that your prayer is the same over and over. God bless this person or God bless this food, you know, and so on like that. Then here's what you need to do. You need to start writing or recording your prayers and God's answers. All right. We all have phones today with a little recorder in it. Take it to spend some time and, and, and speak what you hear God saying to you. Okay, Or even if there's something that you, you, you Or write it down Or if there's something that you want to pray to God about Write it down You say this is something that I want to bring to God in prayer And then you write down also What God has told you to do Or what things to be expecting This does a couple of things for you It helps you to organize And see the results of your prayers And what God has answered over time Okay? If you had written down a prayer saying that like you had prayed for this particular house and you wanted this particular this particular, da, 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 and all the details of the house and then you write down what God had told you in response to your prayer and then later on, you know, you know years down the line and you're talking to your children about praying about how God answers prayers and you've got this journal. You say, "Look, this was 10 years ago. I asked God for this and God told me this and this is what actually happened." And you can see the progress over time. Alright? This is called spiritual, this is called the spiritual habit of journaling. And it's one that all Christians should understand and attempt to practice. Now, a journal is not a diary. Okay? A journal is not a diary. A diary is about things that you did. A journal is about the lessons you learned. The mistakes that you made and how you learned from those things, okay? A diary is simply, you know, I went to the store today and I did this and I saw my friend so-and-so and boom, boom, boom. A journal is, is insights to your day. The things that you felt, the mistakes that you made, what, you, what you're praying about, what you're hoping for, what you said to God. And most importantly, what God said back to you. It's called spiritual journey, journaling. And if you don't want to do it with pen and paper, you can certainly take advantage of the electronics today, you know, and, and just speak some words into your little little recorder here that no one else can hear but you. So consider starting a journal. On a daily basis, write down your thoughts, jot it down, and convert them into prayers. All of this will, will help you to enjoy hearing from God. Amen? So again, we see here that uh, if you want to hear from God, In summary, to summarize, if you want to hear from God, you must really, really desire to hear from God. Okay? If you want to hear God speak, you need to withdraw to a quiet place. Wait patiently and expectantly. Ask God to give you a picture of what he wants to say to you so you can visualize what he's saying to you. And then lastly is to write it down. Write down God's responses to your prayers and track it. Okay? Okay? So this is how we condition ourselves to get into really, really wanting to hear from God. And we've all done this in matter and manner, in different matter or, or manners or forms in dealing with people. You know, you jot things down, you, you keep notes as to what's happening perhaps and so on. You know, so it's time for you to really, really consider getting serious with God. You need to be able to hear from Him because the times that are amongst us are getting more and more trying. And more and more challenging. And we know still that God is in charge. Regardless of what you may see in the newspapers or see and hear on television, God is indeed in charge. Amen? But for your life on a day-to-day basis, you need to be in touch. You need to be in touch with God so that you can know where he wants you to go. You can know what directions you need to take. And and, and as a matter of fact, just for your own spiritual spiritual well-being. Amen. Amen. How many times do you think about praying, Lord, give me energy and give me strength? You wake up in the morning feeling tired, you know. I, I, boy, if I could have had a couple more hours sleep. But you know you got to do what you got to do. And so you say, Lord, give me some strength. Lord, let your peace be upon me. Let your spirit rest upon me. And you'll be surprised how you'll get a rejuvenation, you'll you, you, you feel energized and you'll be able to get through the day. You've got to get to the point where you really, 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 really want to communicate with God. Amen. Amen. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.